Hello, and welcome to the Ada Bible Church Beyond the Weekend podcast, where we debrief each weekend sermon focusing on extra points of connection and what there just wasn't time for in the sermon, and we answer your questions. I'm your host, Amelia Rhodes, and I'm the Director of Resources at Ada Bible Church. I have the joy of helping lead the team that writes our Beyond the Weekend daily devotional, along with other resources for the church. I'm thrilled to have you back joining us for this episode. This week, I'm joined by my regular co-host, Stephen Lewis, who's the pastor of Spiritual Formation and leads our discipleship ministries from children through adults. Welcome, Stephen. Love being here. Also joining us today is our senior pastor, Aaron Buer. Welcome. Hey, hey. Good to be here. Well, we're thrilled to have you join us for this episode. Whether you're a regular attender of our church or a visitor, or listener from afar, we hope this podcast is encouraging for you, challenges you to study God's work and word and grow in your relationship with him. And just a reminder, you'll appreciate it more if you've heard the weekend sermon first. And so if you haven't caught the sermon yet, we encourage you to pause the podcast, find that link in the show notes, go listen to it, and then come back. So we are going to jump in today, and it's kind of funny that we say, you know, if you haven't listened to the sermon yet, because we're actually recording this on a Thursday this week. We haven't listened to the sermon yet, or preached it. It would be helpful, but we haven't done that yet. (laughs) We haven't actually done yet. So it's a little bit of a different rhythm today, but let's walk through why, because that also gives us insight into the sermon prep process, which I think is really fascinating and good for people to know how this comes together. And we kind of have actually heard the sermon. That's true. That's true. So, okay, next week, week I'm going on a study retreat, uh, just my wife and I, which I'm very excited about. Mm -hmm. Um, And the purpose of this study retreat, and this is something I learned from Jeff and that I do on a regular basis. In fact, sometimes I do them with Jeff. But it's to study, kind of do the deep homework, commentary work on a passage or a a series of passages Mm -hmm. uh, like a month or more in advance. So we Mm -hmm. try to do all that kind of homework kind of way out so that the week of the sermon, we're really focusing in on how to deliver the content, not making like, oh, I wonder what this passage means. Like we try to have that all squared away. So uh, next week I'll be working on uh, series leading up to Easter. I'll be working on uh, Second Timothy. I'll even be working on some stuff for the fall. Um, so yeah, that's that's You're next week. In deep. Yeah, and yeah. you said you had a stack of notes that you would have brought. But I do. Yes, I got I got notebooks and commentaries yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But we, we did a study retreat this fall together. Yeah, with we did. Us and a couple other guys yep. from Ada Bible. And I remember Aaron's binder is legit. Like I showed up with a book and he had like labeled binder sections. I was like, I need it to be color coded. I'm not that smart. It's got to be really, really laid out. That just made my heart happy. <laughs> color coded. So we said, you know, we kind of have heard the sermon and that's another yeah. layer of the prep. So you do this study retreat, but then, you know, Stephen, where did we just come from right before yeah. recording this? So um, it's Thursday afternoon. We came from, uh, we call it the dramatic reading. That's my favorite meeting of the <laughs> yeah. week. Yes. Um, and I really um, think it says a lot to Aaron because he has taken this content that he's created. He's worked on it all week. And then we listen to it and we start by telling him how great it is. And then we're like, but, <laughs> uh, you know, what about this, this and this? And so he he yeah. receives all that feedback and, um, you know, he takes takes what we're doing. And then you, so you go out a Thursday. What happens after yeah. Thursday? Yeah. Well, first off, if you're watching, uh, here are my actual notes. It says a dramatic reading at the yeah, top. We're because serious. I just, I just think it's fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is eight pages long, and I uh, that's about how long a sermon is. And so this is a script. This is the second draft of the sermon. I read it to everybody, like you just said. And then uh, I'll write in a different color ink all the comments that people make. 
And one of the things that does for me is um, I take Fridays off. It's my Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And so then I feel like, okay, on Friday, I can really put this whole thing out of mind and try Mm -hmm. to focus Mm -hmm. on resting, hanging out with my wife and my family. And then I just know from experience, I can pick up these notes on Saturday and I have what I need Mm -hmm. to kind of finish the job and, 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 and get ready for preaching on Saturday night. So I know that once I've known this rhythm, that's something that, you know, just God prompted me. And I think for our our listeners in the congregation to know this too, now that we know Friday is your Sabbath and Saturday morning you're working on it, I think that's a great opportunity for us to join you in prayer, Mm. that you would be, you know, refreshed and filled on Friday and next week as you're studying, where we can participate in this work, then Saturdays, preparing our own hearts to come to church, Mm -hmm. but also, you know, praying for you. And so... Thank you for all of the hard work that you put in in that extra well, time. I appreciate hearing that. It's definitely a team effort. Mm-hmm. The uh, I mean, I don't remember how many people were in on that meeting we just came from. Seven, yeah, eight of us, you know, mm-hmm. a, a diverse group of uh, people that give some great feedback. Always makes the sermon better. So that's the that's the content we're going to be talking from. So mm-hmm. when we say. You know, what did you leave out of the sermon this week? Uh, I might actually put it back right. in based yes. on how the conversation goes uh, right here. So and we'll so see. If we give point names and they're slightly different, yeah, you, it's yeah. a little uh, look into the backsta- backstage process of it. So, uh, so from what we know on Thursday yep. uh, that you're going to do this weekend, let's just real quick recap the main points of the sermon. This one is faith and favoritism. Yeah. And just even acknowledging up front, we're talking about a big topic, but it's something we all can relate to in some way or another, something we all struggle with. And you give a call at the beginning of the sermon. So keep this because I loved it. (laughs) We don't want to be this way. Like deep down, you know, we all are broken and we struggle with this. So Stephen, what are the main kind of categories and points of the sermon? Yeah, um, we talked about how the first one is kind of this big bucket of glory, and I love how um, you're planning to kind of unpack what glory means, and I think we might talk about that a little bit today even yeah, as right. well. Yep. Um, and then we talked about how um, the heart of God is important, and our heart's important too, and as we think about favoritism. And then um, we talked from there about the kind of, James calls it the royal the royal law, which mm-hmm. is loving, loving your neighbor as yourself. And then we ended with uh, mercy and how God has shown us mercy. Mm-hmm. And so we should be people of mercy. Yeah, mm-hmm. And right. um, yeah, it's it's great stuff. I'm excited for this weekend, but I'm also excited to talk about it today. Yeah. 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 And so you're covering quite a bit in this sermon. Yeah. But, but as always, there are things that don't make it into the sermon. So what didn't yeah. make it that or at least we think isn't going to make it, <laughs> that you wish could. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, covering the first part of chapter two, so verses one through, I got my Bible open here, you can probably hear it, uh, one through tw- uh, 13, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 13 verses. Um, and one of the things that doesn't make it into the sermon is some of those verses. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit in that section. Um, uh, for example... There's a uh, we talk about God's heart and God's heart for poor people, for vulnerable people, which you know that's something mm-hmm. we also talked about last yeah. weekend. Yeah. But there's this part where um, where James says in verse six, "But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of Him to whom you belong?" And so you get a sense that there was something going on in the early church where some of the 
church members were being mistreated by wealthy people. We don't know exactly what that was, but that that section of the passage, I didn't even I didn't even go there. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and, but I do think it is applicable for us today because uh, we talk about glory and our desire to use someone else's glory for our own benefit, and oftentimes the people we might try to use their glories or um, you know be in a relationship with are not people who love Jesus. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're sometimes the people who are. Um, you know, denigrating God's character and mm-hmm. God's way of life and yeah. living kind of counter to that and how I think that's kind of the spirit James has here. So I do think there is some application for us is not just, well, you know, be careful who you are trying to, um, you know, get close to for your own benefit, but also like the people you value and mm-hmm. like okay. they might yeah. not even be the right people to value yeah. because they're yeah. They're not even on God's side, almost, mm. it seems to be a little bit what James yeah. is saying. And I do think there's yeah. something specific going on. But Maybe a, I'm just kind of throwing darts at a board here, but maybe an application there is just, you know, we are a culture that's obsessed with celebrities. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, some celebrities are Jesus followers. Not all of them are. And some of them happen to have very different values than uh, biblical values. And mm-hmm. so maybe show some wisdom there. That could be... Yeah, potential. Mm-hmm. We talked about um, with our kids just the the term influencer. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. you know, it's an interesting term, and you know, people are making a career out of influencing, and I don't actually have a problem with that. But the question is, who is actually influencing mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. you yeah, know? that's a good question to ask. And so, like, some people, our social media feeds might show us who we actually value and the type yep. of um, person we want to follow, and that might not, again, this might be like kind of what James is saying mm-hmm. with, uh, well, those people don't even care about Jesus. In fact, if you yeah. ask them, they would say bad things about Jesus. Yeah. And we just need to be careful about that. Yeah, That's a good tie back to last week too, of who's influencing you most? What influences yeah. you? Is mm-hmm. it, you know, the word of God or is it the world? And yep. so it's just a good reminder to see how that all really flows together. Yep. Yeah. So um, we've talked a couple of times about there's a Sermon on the Mount connection. Yeah. And there's a couple of pretty clear tie-ins I know. from James to yes. Sermon on the Mount in this section too. Yeah, there's uh, two, two, at least two Sermon on the Mount connections and then something else related to Jesus' teaching I want to bring up. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me, for example, uh, in this section, again, where it, it, it seems that James is saying, look, God has chosen the poor to be rich in faith, and it's kind of like, why does God have such a heart for poor people? Well, in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, the way Jesus words it in at least one of the Gospels is, blessed are the poor in spirit. And I believe, actually, that's Matthew, I think. Matthew 5. And in yep. Luke, he actually says, blessed are the poor, poor. only. Mm-hmm. But blessed are the poor in spirit kind of gets that to this, it gets to this idea that um, really what's going on here is the, the it's like spiritual poverty, mm-hmm. actually, not financial poverty. And it's this humility, this recognition that uh, of need. And, and it seems to be for Jesus, because that's, that's like the opening of the Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. It's like, let, let's talk about the foundations of what kind of person I'm looking for here to follow me. And it's like, you, you got to have that humility to recognize your need. So that would be one tie-in from the Sermon on the Mount. The other one um, has to do with the last point, which is mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talk about mercy in and mercy out. And, um, you know, if you're... Uh, if you don't understand God's mercy for you, you won't be able to extend mercy yeah. to people. Um, well, that also has a great Sermon on the Mount tie-in because um, it's same section of Scripture, uh, mm-hmm. the Beatitudes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm just kind of fascinated fascinated by this idea that 
James does has he has so many connections with the Sermon on the Mount, um, and again, I've read that you could look at James as simply a commentary mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the Sermon on the Mount, which is just really interesting to think about. Yeah, you know? and I mean, I've heard Pastor Jeff say, you know, when he thinks of Jesus' ministry, he thinks of Jesus kind of moving from synagogue and area to area, but not necessarily preaching a new sermon there everywhere, yeah. like the yeah. same type of things Jesus is saying over and over again. Yep. And of course, that would make sense that that's how the disciples remembered what he was mm-hmm. saying, because they, they didn't just hear it that right. one time. Right. And so you put James into that. And if this is kind of the, as some scholars have said, like this is the core of Jesus' yep. teaching is yep. the Sermon on the Mount, then it would make sense that if James is one of the first books written mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. kind of like the chronology, that this is the type of thing that he would spend a lot of time unpacking oh, yeah. 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 would be, well, that's the core of Jesus' teaching. Let me show you how it applies to your yeah. life. And yeah, and also I, fascinating to remember that James may not have been a believer while Jesus oh, yeah. was yeah. teaching yeah. all of that, but right. it stuck. <laughs> so. Well, here's something that's just crazy to think about, at least in my opinion. Um, so uh, you would see this kind of thing in The Chosen, if you've watched The Chosen. Uh, I, I heard this concept talked about on a Bible Project podcast uh, earlier this week, but the idea being, you know, what you said, Stephen, about Jesus didn't just teach the Sermon on the Mount once. Hmm. Like he, he taught it a lot and he probably practiced it. And to, to think about Jesus kind of honing in his material <laughs> yeah. is like very fascinating to think yeah. about. And then you go like, well, James is his brother. Like how many times did James have to listen to Jesus like kind of talking out maybe? I mean, this is pure <laughs> conjecture, but it's just fascinating to think of James. Is he doing that thing again where yeah. he's talking about the blessed? And the, I mean, stop, dude. You know, well, and then, then later. A good reminder of... Jesus is a human, as yeah. a person mm, yeah. who some of these practices and things that we're going to memorize something or figure like he might have done the same. Yeah. So, I mean, especially yeah. as we just talked about your sermon process, like yeah, Tuesday, right. Thursday, yeah, it takes a lot Saturday of work. Saturday night, Sunday, like you, yep. it's a you're refining it as yeah. you're doing mm-hmm. it, and Jesus is out there refining his stuff. You know, like oh, that didn't hit, that <laughs> yeah. didn't land like I thought it was going to. You know, and uh, that's with the humanity side. Yeah. yeah, it is yeah. fascinating uh-huh. to think that way. So there's one more uh, connection with the teaching of Jesus, um, and it has to do with that mercy idea and it, um, the Good Samaritan, mm-hmm. where Jesus, um, well, he's challenged. Oh, I'm trying to remember the context. Somebody can correct um, me. Yeah, it's in Luke 10. Okay. And it's 25. But he gets asked a question. 37. Right? Who is really my neighbor? Yeah, that's right. That's right. right. So it's all about the, you know, what's the greatest commandment and who is my neighbor and this really what James called mm-hmm. the, the royal law, uh, the greatest commandment, you know, however you want to say it. And so Jesus tells a story to illustrate what it looks like to love your neighbor. And so he tells a story about the Samaritan, which everybody hates, you know, and then the, the priest and the Levite, they cross on the other side of the road, but then the Samaritan is the one who actually helps the guy who gets beaten up. And then Jesus asks them the challenging question, which one was the good neighbor? And they they respond, well, it was the one who showed mercy. Mm-hmm. And so it's that tie-in mm-hmm. with the word mercy. And it's, again, real love is showing mercy. That's how you demonstrate that you understand what, what Christ has done for you. Yeah. And you think about there's so many tie-in to this passage because you're, you're in a passage about favoritism right. and discrimination yeah. and prejudice, right? In James and James like don't do that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And here you're tying back this mercy and it's in Luke 10. This is where he gives the like love your neighbor as yourself as yeah. the greatest commitment right before that, and that gets that who's your neighbor? Yeah. 
and then it ends with the mercy. And I'm just wondering if like James is connecting all these dots. Oh yeah. Because sometimes mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if you've had guys have this experience when you're reading the Bible, things just all of a sudden click for yeah. you. Yeah. Right. And I'm wondering if if James is sitting there in Jerusalem, right, thinking about the people from his church who are scattered around, and he's thinking, okay, what am I going to tell them? He's thinking through the things he's heard Jesus, and all of a sudden things are just like dots are starting to connect yeah. in his yeah. brain, you know, in the way he's writing this. Because we look back at him, we're like. There are a lot of dots that are connected here oh, yeah. and ties into the Sermon on the Mount and the you know, the story of the Good Samaritan and the the neighbor language. Like there's just so many dots connected through James. And I would that's just good. say that's the power of the Holy Spirit working through right. the living word. And yep. the the more time we spend in it, the more of those connections we will see. And the they just become illuminated. I know I've found that if I, as I've read through the Bible, each time through it's fresh, it's new. There's something mm. different that God has to show you with those connections. And I think you're going to challenge us in the sermon of we need to spend more time engaging in God's word yeah. as opposed to engaging some of the other things that we might spend time in. And that's one of the benefits as you begin to see these. That's that way. That sounds familiar. I feel like mm-hmm. I just read that somewhere else. Yeah. Well, you did. Yeah. And there's, I, I mean, this, maybe it's a little bit of pride and I will readily admit that, but there is something fun about seeing something in the Bible that you discovered yourself instead of in a book or a commentary oh, yeah. or yeah. Um, like doing the work of sitting down with the text and being like, oh, you know, like that's mm-hmm. the connection mm-hmm. there. And I love sitting down with books and commentaries, but there is something fun in discovering it for yourself. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I felt that with the section on glory. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we, we want to talk about what we could have spent more time on. Yeah. And that that was that was uh, so. He, I'm just going to tell a little story about like kind of a weird journey I've been on with this word yeah. glory over the last uh, at least a year. <clears throat> so I have this idea. Someday I want to do a series on worship, and I want to do a series uh, specifically on the words of worship because you know there's all these uh, words that we sing about, and mm-hmm. half the time I'm like, what is? I mean, what does yeah. that even mean? You're singing hallelujah. It's like okay, what does uh, that mean? <laughs> what are we actually saying? And glory is one of those words where it's like it's a churchy word. And it's like, okay, but what does it actually mean, you know? <laughs> so um, I have this idea of exploring the, some of these big theological words that we sing about. Holy would be another one. What mm-hmm. does that actually oh, mean? Yep. Does it just mean I'm really good? Uh, maybe. There's more to it, you know? So anyway, I started um, some conversations on this idea of glory. Uh, one of the people I like to talk to is Nancy Erickson. Uh, she's a member of our church. Her husband is on our staff. And she's brilliant. Mm-hmm. She's like yeah. a um, editor for Zondervan Academic. You mm-hmm. know, she wrote a um, uh, what, what Acadian, she, yeah, Acadian, Acadian grammar, grammar book. Okay, so that's an ancient language. So she's way smarter than the three of us put together. <laughs> yep. Anyway, sometimes I like to just meet up with her, and you know, one of the things I asked her was like, "Talk to me about glory," because she's also Hebrew expert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. And so she got me thinking about ideas that I'm going to share in the sermon. Like, what does glory actually mean? Well, fundamentally. Most basically, it means heavy, which is just kind of funny and strange, yeah. you know? Um, and then I also, um, so I'm just on this, you know, personal quest of studying glory and thinking about it. And it took me to uh, a podcast uh, by um, Tim Mackey, who does the Bible Project mm-hmm. podcast. But he has, uh, it's not active anymore, but he had a podcast by himself called Exploring My Strange Bible and we'll try to remember to put this in the, uh, yeah. the show notes. But he has a and, – and what it is is they're just his sermons. So he was preaching somewhere, I can't remember where, and he preached on glory. And it is a fascinating sermon. Mm-hmm. And he goes really deep into, you know, mm-hmm. what all this actually means. And, you know, um, so I – that was just kind of like a, a 
And that's an example of like, there's no way I can bring all that into a right. Right. <laughs> right. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, Not yet. Maybe, maybe that one t- next time. God. What I love about that though is it shows another way to study the Bible. And we're, we often talk about there are multiple ways to study the Bible. And a word, yeah. a word study is one way mm-hmm. to trace a theme through the Bible or a word. Yeah. We talked last week. I think we referenced a Bible dictionary as one yeah. way to get started with that. Find a word that you're curious about. Yep. Look at a Bible dictionary and all the places it's mentioned. It's just another fun way to study the Bible and see a theme. And you so don't the word, need a Bible dictionary. Yeah. Like, um, you know, I'm looking at my Bible here and there's an index in the back, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. right? Yeah. And so like most yeah. Bibles, especially like I'm using a study Bible, most Bibles will have an index and you can just run through it really quick. You got to do that thing where you hold your finger in the back of the book and then you're back. Yeah. And that's kind of annoying. <laughs> it's but complicated. Yeah. 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 Um, that's great. Well, oh, that's good. that can would we, be fascinating. So I, this glory thing, like we've had conversations yeah. about it too, because um, Amelia and I write the Beyond the Weekend devotional uh-huh. with our teams, um, and the world word will come up, and we're we're always like we want people to understand what we're writing, and it's because we're just not sure people are used to glory, and you know the catechism talks about the chief end of man is to glorify God forever. Yeah, what does that mean? What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, it's interesting because Irenaeus, I think that's how you say his name, second century um, okay. church father. church father, uh-huh. talks about how. Um, the glory of God is man fully alive, I think, is mm. his famous quote. And so it's interesting because God's glory is somewhat, I don't want to say dependent, but it's tied to us because he's chosen to create us. Mm-hmm. And we reflect him. And we reflect mm-hmm. him. And so there is something about like this project that God started, this human project on the world, like it's tied to how people perceive God's glory might be a better way go. to say That's it. That's a good mm-hmm. way to say it. Um, and so that's part of our job is to reflect God's glory. But the way we do that is by being what he created us to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily by just sitting around singing songs, which those are great. We're, you yeah. talked about that a little sure. bit. Like, what yep. are we trying to do with worship? But it's by being what God created us to be is how we fulfill our chief end, which mm-hmm. is to glorify God. Yeah. So. I've, I've felt uh, just very practically, uh, there, uh, like one example I would think of, my sister is uh, a teacher and she works uh, in a CI room. So cognitive impairments, mm-hmm. so, you know, mm-hmm. say, what we used to call a special ed teacher. I don't know that that's the, the correct terminology yeah. anymore, but um, so I visited her class a while back and she's amazing at this. Mm-hmm. Like she's just really, really good uh, with these kids. They love her. She's fantastic. And I got punched in the face while I was visiting, you know, it's like, okay, I don't know. But anyway, I just had this sense, like, this is what she was made to do. Mm. Just like watching her do it. Mm -hmm. It was like, she's, this is like, and she always has, like, even as a high school student, she was volunteering in the special ed class. And she, you know, she would choose to hang out with kids in our neighborhood with special needs. And it was just like watching somebody glorify God mm. yeah. because this is what God made them to do. And they're doing it in the way that he, you know, so that maybe is an example mm-hmm. of what you're talking about yeah. where like there is a way to live your life that people just go like, uh, there's a little bit more going on here, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? I so. think that ties into the challenge that you're giving us this weekend to fix our eyes on Jesus and his glory, that he has the most glory because we so easily compare ourselves to everyone else. And then yeah. we become a version of ourselves that God never intended and I know I fell into that through my teenage years. I'm like, well, if I could just be like her, then everyone would love me and mm-hmm. accept me. And I tried one day to be her and everyone was like, yeah. what is wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that focusing on Jesus and as you focus on him and his glory, he reveals, this is how I created yeah, you to be. And this is good. how you reflect my glory and that yep. we're not all supposed to look the same. That's awesome. Um, and that, that ties into your um, 
comments about the rich and the poor and the types of things they're supposed to take pride in. Yeah. Yep. And how when we understand our identity, really our glory is a hundred percent tied to God's glory. Mm-hmm. Like he, the reason we have value is because we're creating the image of God. God cares about yep. us. And there, there's nothing like, there are no achievements we can do to increase our glory beyond what God can give us glory of. Okay. And our yep. glory is entirely tied to what Jesus did on the cross. It's, it's mm-hmm. uh, transmitted glory, if you will, like glory that's been given to us. And so we can, we can try all we want. We're not going to get better than what Jesus did on the cross and the glory yep. that God's mm-hmm. going to give to us. And that's why a, a poor person can take pride in the fact that they have the glory that's been given to them by Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it also is the caution against those of us who might be striving for it through success or wealth mm-hmm. or something like that, mm-hmm. because it, uh, I think, you ask the question, which person are you? Are you the rich person standing there or yeah. the, the filthy person yeah, yeah. in rags? And the we all have to admit on our own, our glory is that filthy rag glory. Yeah. Yeah. And and so it's just, yeah. it's a fun concept to think about. Mm-hmm. You know, there was something else uh, that when you guys talking about this reminded me that I, I kind of left out of the sermon in a way, but since this is sort of like the the podcast where we swim in the deep end of the pool. Mm. <laughs> um, so it would be uh, verse one, as we're talking about glory of chapter two, where it says, my brothers and sisters, believers in our Lord, our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. And um, so in the, the Greek, which the English translates the Greek, in the Greek, um, I was reading that probably uh, a better way to translate it might be Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hate in the sermon, you know, with, you know, everybody there, I hate going like, well, you know, there's a better version, you know, cause I don't want to create any kind of doubt that our version is not accurate cause it is accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, but this way of reading it where it's Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, what it, what it kind of brings across is the most glorious mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And so when you're talking about the, the glory that people have, which, like you said, is like derived from God, um, if you want to avoid favoritism, it's all about going, okay, Jesus is the most glorious mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And so he's the one that's really worth focusing your attention on. And so I just love the that, that Lord of glory thing. Mm-hmm. And um, it's Thursday. I kind of doubt I'm going to word it that way and call yeah. attention to the Greek in the in the sermon, but it's kind of fun for here. Mm-hmm. And, and that's who loves us. Yeah. The yeah. one with all the glory, the yeah. weightiest, the yeah. heaviest, the most significant. He's yeah. the one who loved us. He's the one who left heaven, yeah. came down to earth, showed us mercy, Yeah. right? And uh, died on the cross for our sins, um, has invited us into his family, and we accept that gift, and we're adopted as children, yeah. awesome. right? And he comes and dwells inside of us, and um, you know he's in the process of um, restoring us to our, our created, what we were intended for glory. And then we yeah. also have the the future final fulfillment of the glorification, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Within eternity yeah, as well. That's wild to think about. And so yeah. it's, yeah. it's, yeah. like It's rich. I, that's yeah, it's the rich word for it. It is rich yeah. stuff. It is yeah. worth sitting in. Well, we've gotten a few questions that have come in over the week. And we just want to acknowledge, we've been getting multiple questions about faith and works mm-hmm. and grace, saved by grace, yeah. or how, what's the role of works. And that is actually coming up in the next chapter 
So we can have a good discussion, I think, on that next week. But just wanted to acknowledge mm -hmm. that that's a, that's a big topic, and we love that you're reading ahead and you're wrestling with it. So I don't know if there's anything we want to say right now or if we want to save it. We've got a couple other questions, too. But it's a big topic. Well, no, no pressure. Brad Holmes, <laughs> you're going to answer all these questions right. for <laughs> us because he's preaching next weekend. <laughs> right. uh, I would just say, you know, some people's like, well, is it James or is it Paul? Mm -hmm. And we don't have to choose. They're saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just well, meaning uh, like James seems to be emphasizing the work side right. more. Like, mm -hmm. hey, if you don't have works, then your faith is dead. Mm -hmm. And then Paul's going like, it's all grace, all grace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. so mm -hmm. you you don't earn it at all. And it can be, in fact, some like Martin Luther struggled with this. Yep, mm -hmm. big reformer. Um, it's not either or; it's both. That's yeah. my take yeah. on it. It's like Scripture teaches both. And so, what when Scripture leaves uh, tension? We should not try to resolve the tension. Mm -hmm. That's a, a principle I try to go by with studying the Bible, meaning uh, if it feels like there's a tension there, and maybe that's the wrong word, but like if both are present, maybe that's the way to say it, both mm -hmm. are present, then both are true. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the kind of the way I think about it. I don't know if that's helpful, but mm -hmm. that's good. We have to, we can't just pick and choose parts of scripture. We have to see it in its entirety. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is important to recognize, and I so remember reading some really tough stuff by uh, uh, Erasmus and uh, Luther, right? Yeah. Uh, this is, mm -hmm. well, we're in the deep end now. Yeah. <laughs> and their debate on uh, this very yeah. issue. And I remember reading this stuff and um, thinking, it's really important that the grace comes first. Mm -hmm. you, you have to understand that first you receive the grace. That's what essentially prompts you to uh, have faith, and that's what produces the works. And mm -hmm. so there, it is not... You're earning God's. Nope. Yeah. But they're both true. Mm -hmm. uh, they're both. They both need to be present. I guess maybe mm -hmm. is the way to say it. Yeah, I read a book recently, and the quote that really stood out to me was that grace is opposed to earning. Oh yeah. But it's not opposed to effort. Oh, that's great. So you you put effort into your faith, but it's not to earn. You know God's love for you, and that just really stuck with was me. Was that from the Land Between, Jeff Mannion? No, <laughs> no it was not. Sounds like a Mannionism. I think it's good for us to remember that Christians have wrestled with this topic for generations. Oh yeah, scholars wrestle with it. Christians have wrestled with it. And one of the things I've been learning in a class that I'm taking is just that reminder that Scripture is without error, yeah, and mm -hmm. that Scripture can interpret Scripture and it won't contradict itself. So when we see contradictions, then we know that's in our interpretation and we've got to keep wrestling. Mm -hmm. So that's good. That will be a rich conversation in the coming I know. Weeks. I'm, I'm trying not to say anything right I can now. See. So. You're, I can <laughs> like, see you're reining it in. Back yeah. for next you're week. watching the time reining <laughs> yeah. it in. So for next week, um, I think we've had a couple more questions. Okay. One of them was about serving to be more like Jesus and... I think, Stephen, you had read through this question and had some good thoughts of how serving and growing to be like Jesus, what is the true message that we are going for? Yeah, so uh, we talk about how Jesus, and you get this from washing, when he washes the disciples' feet, right? He's like, I've served you, now go and do for others. Oh, okay, yeah. And it's, um, so one of the reasons we serve is to be more like Jesus, and we're, mm -hmm. we, we've often said we were created, called, and gifted to serve. Yeah. And those are directly rooted in the text. And the question is, um, are we serving to get closer to Jesus in some kind of prideful way? Mm -hmm. Or are we serving um, to glorify God? Yeah. And what I want to do is be careful because when we say um, to become more like Jesus, we're not saying to 
live like Jesus lived in the first century. Another author um, that I read has said, our goal is not to live um, the life Jesus lived. The goal is to live the life Jesus would live if he were living our life. Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm. And so the goal, when we talk about being like Jesus, we're talking about like having the character of Jesus, being the type of person that Jesus describes on the Sermon on the Mount, being selfless, being others-oriented, be willing to lay down our life for a friend. And so... I think if we're serving and it becomes a prideful thing, we're like, oh, I'm doing the things Jesus did, then we're actually not becoming Jesus, like Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the key thing there. So um, I don't want to set up um, being like Jesus and glorifying God against each other. Mm-hmm. I think as we develop the character of Jesus, then we, that's how we glorify God. It's Are we becoming the person Jesus w- would be if he were living our life? Mm-hmm. Yeah, And that's uh, one way that's been helpful for me um, to think of it is that that's how we glorify God is by developing Christ's character mm-hmm. inside of us. And we call it Christ-likeness. Yeah. You know, that's kind of like the the Christianese version of yeah. the character of God inside of us, the character and heart of God. Now, are you suggesting that we all get little bracelets that WWJD, would that? Well, then you'd get the HWLF too. So that's the follow-up to it. I think that's what my my uh, my kids are wearing now. Oh, too, you're, that. you're bringing me back to high school. Oh yeah. boy, all the throwbacks. Okay, but g- great question. I mean, that's yeah. the thing. Like, and I think the idea is we're not we're not becoming like Jesus if there's pride involved in it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's mm-hmm. yeah. So. I do think that's really helpful because uh, another interesting thought about Jesus' humanity. This seems to be what I'm apparently thinking about today. Mm-hmm. But like he, uh, boy, this is crazy. Well, he he would have had a personality. Mm. He would have had a temperament. Mm-hmm. He would have had giftings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I'm sure there's some. I don't know. There's some nuances there with you know fully divine, yeah. fully human. I don't yeah. know, but well, if, I guess would my, he have all the fruits of the maybe, spirit and maybe. all the yeah, spiritual yeah, gifts? Yeah. I don't know. But. So he, um, yeah. So what you said about you're not trying to be exactly him, like that. That is kind of helpful because mm. it, it really is. What would yeah, with my personality, with my uh, mm-hmm. um, giftings and things like that, you know, what what would the character? How would the character yeah. of Jesus come across in that context? That's mm-hmm. a really helpful thought. It's it's been helpful for me mm-hmm. to think through. Mm-hmm. And that you know, transforming into Christ likeness is part of our church mission, and that's our goal for everyone who comes to Ada Bible. Yeah. That we will grow in this, and humility is part of that, and yeah. serving is part of that. Well, as we wrap up our time here this week. Next week, you already gave us a little preview yeah. that Brad Holmes is on. Can you tell yeah. us maybe what passage Brad's in and what we can look forward to next yeah. week? Yeah, well, Brad has two um, two sermons in a row. Uh, I'm actually pulling up my sermon schedule to, to remember. Because um, the way that we broke this out is he has, he can kind of, he has chapter two, verses 14 to 26, and then um, all of chapter three. And so he, you know, and he has freedom to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, what are you feeling led to preach on? So I, I, I don't know. I haven't seen everything he's going to yeah. do, but he's going to walk through the same process that I usually do. So he'll meet with you guys yeah. the mm-hmm. Thursday. I don't know if he calls it a dramatic reading. He mm-hmm. should. But uh, yeah, maybe but it, we can add that. We can. Yeah, <laughs> we can talk to him about it. But he's going to he's going to do great. And I'm excited to hear mm-hmm. what uh, what he decides to share. Uh, I will not be preaching. I get to do something pretty exciting Uh not this coming weekend. Uh, I'm getting confused because we're like in the future right now. Right. But um, the first weekend that Brad preaches, I get to baptize my daughter. Oh, oh that's awesome. So that's I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, I, be- I was able to do that with my daughter a year, year and a half ago. And it's like, 
one of my favorite things I've ever done in my did life. Did you cry? I mean, what should I expect here? I did cry. I wasn't mic'd, though, so it wasn't that okay. embarrassing. So it wasn't like an yeah. embarrassing cry? Right. Good. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you what campus is going to be at because I don't want to be seen crying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, it's really special. Yeah, dig into that. Mm-hmm. Two, um, chapter 214 through 26 Yeah. for um, Brad's sermon. There's there's some good stuff there. So yeah. it's rich. And it's a powerful passage. So then Brad mm-hmm. will join us here and we'll have a great conversation with Brad. He's looking yeah. forward to that. So yeah. thank you all for joining us. So uh, thanks for joining this conversation. We pray it was helpful and encourages you to take your faith and make it real. And I think where you're going to land the sermon is just remembering that all of this is a gospel issue and to really lean mm-hmm. into God's mercy and let his mercy flow through you into the lives of those around you. And if we did that together as a community, how powerful that would be. And many of us, are, many of you are, and we just want to acknowledge you are being merciful. You are doing great work. Keep going. And we'll just keep encouraging each other to live this out together. So as we go, we just pray that the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Thanks for joining. We'll see you next time.